What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Founders Journal. I'm Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Today, we are talking about investor updates, and to do so, I have the most qualified guest in the world joining me. Sam Korkos is the co-founder and CEO of Levels, a health tech company that is focused on metabolic health using continuous glucose monitors. Sam is an exceptional entrepreneur, but there is one thing that I am confident in saying he is truly number one at in the world of all entrepreneurs, and that is investor updates. Since 2021, I believe July, I received Levels' investor update each month, and every time I have read it, I am blown away. Every single time. It is the most comprehensive, thoughtful snapshot of a business that I have ever seen, and I think it is a model for what great investor updates should look like. So on this episode of Founders Journal, Sam and I talk through the Levels Investor Update, what goes into it, and how you can write a great investor update for your company. So let's hop into it. Sam, thanks for joining the pod. It's good to be here. It's been a while. Okay. So uh, we're going to talk about Levels Investor Updates. I've I've gotten them for the last, I want to say, year and a half or two years. And they're the most comprehensive things that I've ever seen. And I think there's so much value in writing great investor updates, not only for stakeholders, but also for yourself, for the people involved in the process of creating it. So I want to I dive deep. My first question is just around the way in which you share these updates. These aren't just shared with Levels employees, they're shared with investors, but also anyone who wants to see them. Talk about why you decided to make investor updates public and what's the benefit and or what are any of the trade-offs you found? Yeah, it's uh yeah, we publish all of our investor updates publicly after a year delay on our it's it's in the footer on our website if you want to see them all the way back from the very beginning of the company, like first month of operation. Um we made the decision for a few reasons. One is that I, very tactically, I think of it as a useful recruiting tool. Uh, I personally would have a hard time joining a company if I didn't believe what people were saying. And I think it's just a, it's a, it's a push towards transparency. I, I have personally a number of friends who've worked at different companies. They got the hard recruiting pitch. They were given all these numbers. And then the moment that they start, they realize it was all a lie. And they're kind of stuck there now. And they're very unhappy. I want to push for this is all the real stuff that's happening, the good and the bad. I will say that the the biggest struggles internally have been times when we didn't hit our goals. And the question is, do we do we remove that? Do we do we massage it? And the answer is no. You just keep it the same, and you just tell them we missed our numbers. People miss their numbers sometimes. You just you have to be really open and and transparent about these things. And some people freak out the first time you show negative numbers because they're used to seeing the rose-colored glasses version, and so they assume if you say that we missed our numbers, it's like oh they're probably going to go bankrupt next month because that's how most investor updates are. It's like everything's great. We had a great month. We're killing it. And then next month, it's like, we're out of money. Company is going bankrupt. It's like, wait, what? I thought it was going great. Like every every investor update since the beginning had all these great things. So that's that's really been part of the main intent. I would say another is just maybe something more around ecosystem, which is I think there's just not enough information about what happens in startups just in the world. And so being able to share what our experience has been on what 
good things happen, what bad things happen, I think is just generally a positive. I assume that the answer is around just kind of like competitors and people knowing information that would make it harder for you to do your job and um, and realize your mission. But just tell me, what is the choice to publish a year after versus the day that you publish it to your company? Yeah, it's the the version of that we share publicly after a year is uh, it's really primarily because we don't want for things that are pending or for third parties, it just, it lowers the threshold of awkwardness of, you know, we're in negotiation with so-and-so for a deal. If you know, if you have, if anyone has contact with this person, let us know. It just lowers that awkwardness of a person that we're talking to like in real time. Um, But at the end of the day, our, our investors get the real time version. And we know that, some of them, because we have a lot of people that we work with, some of them forward the real-time ones to competitors. And like, there's probably some consequence there, but ultimately, you have to be you have to be self-confident to some degree. If you're focused on what your competitors are doing, you're you're probably already losing. And so, knowing that if you have the strategy, if you're able to execute, that you'll be able to win the market. That's what I think needs to be focused on. I think the the fear of all of these hypothetical downsides, they tend not to materialize. So uh, m- most of what we end up rescinding or uh, not sharing from the, the public version tend to be around third parties and other other contracts that we have with people that we, we can't discuss publicly. Got it. I was going through uh, your September update yesterday and like I said at the top of the episode, it is just wildly comprehensive. Like for me to truly um, understand and take in all this information, like I think it would take me, I don't know, especially because I'm not in the day-to-day of the business, five to 10 hours, uh, you know? And I there, there's something about that I love also, which is I feel like I have like a book on entrepreneurship created every single month. But just to rattle it off for listeners, the, the typical structure that I've seen for your investor updates is a loom overview that's done by someone on your team of basically the entire update, a summary letter, key metrics, goals, metric snapshots, things around the team, and then an update by every org in the business. Tell me a little bit about the process to put this together because it seems like a Herculean effort that is a job on top of people's jobs every month, but clearly you're able to do it. So how is this update put together every month? Yeah, I would say that it didn't start as as a very large update. You can see our very first investor update on our website. Yeah, I'll link to it. And yeah, and our first investor update was probably one page. It was here were the numbers. Here's what we're focused on. That's the update. Uh, it was very short. And over time, as we brought on more people, as we had more initiatives, you know, we're now forty five people, something around there. It's just there's a lot more happening in the company. And so over time, we've added more sections. There just is more stuff happening in the company that we keep track of. And so I think uh, over time, it's gotten larger. I have not been involved in the process of writing our investor updates other than as a, an observer giving feedback for probably two years, maybe three years. It's been a while since I was the one driving that. For the first year, I wrote all of our investor updates. And then over time, we transitioned to, all right, 
growth now writes their own section and I provide feedback. Then operations writes their section. Then engineering writes their section. Each each group started writing their own sections and we would provide feedback. And then eventually Miz, who runs operations for us, took over the loom overview and he took over the writing a summary. And so I, I'm pretty hands off. And then so I've delegated that to everyone on the team. And then there's another level of delegation below that, which is each person typically has delegated to Athena or an EA to write their section where it's like they just it's a lot of it's pattern matching. It's pull the metrics from here. We had this meeting. We have this weekly meeting. Pull the key takeaways from what we discuss in that meeting. Put those in the investor update. A lot of this content ends up getting recycled in a lot of different places. And so uh, something that I, I reinforce constantly to the team is that just because you're responsible for it doesn't mean you have to be the one who does it. In fact, it's better if you're not. And so I would guess probably 80% of our investor updates are written by admins that are just overseen by people who are responsible for those uh, those parts of the business. This is a kind of meta question, but I'm curious, what do you view as like the most important job of an investor update? And maybe it's self-explanatory through the name of it, but like what is actually the job of of this thing that you're putting out every month? Yeah, some of it is is visibility to investors. One of the things that often gets missed in this is that like there was a recent conversation we had with one of our investors who said, your investor updates are too long. And I said, they're too long for you because you've been seeing them for so long. But you have to take every investor update like it's in a vacuum. Because a lot of people, this is going to be their first and maybe only look at the investor update of the business. They're not going to follow along every month. And they're not just looking for the delta between each month. They're going to want to know like, what is your inbound pipeline? How much of your traffic is organic? And somebody who's been following these for six months might say, well, I already know what the numbers are. It's like, well, sure, because you've been following it for a long time. And so I think people often lose that thread when they've been seeing these for a long time. I think one of the biggest reasons is just to give transparency to the investors, to know that like these are the things that we're focused on. One of the most tactical things that we get out of it is we put a list of asks for what we need help with. We've seen a tremendous amount of value from people giving us feedback and helping us make connections that we need. Um, so I, I find a big part of it is it's accountability for what you've committed to. It's uh, being able to demonstrate over time. You, you have to call your shot and then you have to hit it. And if you don't, you can't lie about it. I mean, you can, some people do, but it's, it's unwise to lie about it. Totally. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Last question is for a founder that's listening to this and they want to great, write great updates. Maybe they just raised a round. Maybe they raised money in the past, but they want to get in the habit of it now. Or maybe they haven't raised money, but they think it's just a good force function for them to think about the business. What does it look like to write a great investor update that maybe isn't as comprehensive as where Levels is today, but includes the things that you think a great investor update should include? I think part of the answer would be start anywhere 
and just do it consistently. Like commit to a date. We're going to ship it. We we started shipping it, I think, on the 15th of every month, if I remember correctly. And it was because we didn't get our books back until the 10th. And so we couldn't write them. But now we get our books back on the 20th. And so we're like the 15th. I don't know. We've had to change the delivery right. date a few times. But like we commit to a date and we ship it on that date every month, no matter what. And if it's shorter, if it's longer, whatever it is, I think that's the best place to start. If it's if it's a two-paragraph investor update and you're going to send it out every month on the same time, on the same day, just start there. And then over time, I think where a lot of people get tripped up is in assuming that they have to be the one to write it because they're the CEO or they're whatever role. If you're not finding it energizing, find the person on your team who does. There probably is somebody who enjoys writing the investor update, who enjoys the process of shipping this, getting feedback on it. Find that person, delegate it to them, and you can oversee it. And so I think just making a commitment is probably the the best place to start and starting small. And just a little bit more tactically, are there any pieces of information or metrics that you think you should be sharing? Like not 100% of the time, but 95% of the time it makes sense? Yeah, I, I think that all of the things that I would say are the most useful to share are usually the ones that most founders are hesitant to share. Just like share your revenue numbers. Because like, Obviously, the first question an investor is going to have if you don't have it is, what are your revenue numbers? Yep. <laughs> so, I don't know. Try to think through what questions an investor might have. We've had several situations where I've gotten emails or texts from investors who are like, hey, what is your revenue this month? It's like, read the investor update. <laughs> it's like, your investor updates are too long. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's not my problem. Like, there's a whole section on financials. You don't need to text me. Do, do you want me? To, I can screenshot it and then I can send it to you. Like, is that is that a better process? Do you, do you want like a bespoke investor update? Like, I don't know what we're asking for here. So, like, if you have the investor update, all of those questions just get answered. And if people ask you a question like, "Hey, what percentage of your inbound came from social?" and you go, "Oh, we don't have that in our investor update." All right, going forward, that's a new section that we're just always going to have. And it's trivial to add that because it's just a screenshot of a chart. And it's added by an admin anyway. So it's just trying to trying to figure out what questions they're going to have and yep. then proactively solving for that, I found, is the best strategy. I love it. And the TLDR of this conversation is you've just spoiled your investors too much with great updates where now people <laughs> people just grasp, grasp for anything to change. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Uh, Sam, thanks so much for the conversation. Sure thing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founders Journal. If you like this new format where I curate world-class entrepreneurs and investors to answer the most important questions or challenges for early-stage entrepreneurs, shoot me an email to alex at morningbrew.com to suggest a future question or challenge that you want answered or a specific expert or entrepreneur that you would love to see come on the podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next episode. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.